Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Krause. Merry Christmas, Ian Flynn. Merry Christmas, Mr. Krause. Merry Christmas. That's the day it is that we're re- releasing this episode. Not the day it is we're recording this, though. We're recording this in the past, (laughs) but we're not here live. This is not live. This is not live, but we are here. It's Christmas, and Merry Christmas, everybody. We have a gift for you. It's answers to your questions. The same thing we've been getting you every day this month. And if you're not celebrating this Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you all the same. And here we are with the gift that keeps on giving my voice. (laughs) it's true it's true and we're going to answer all these questions from the people who continue to give to us over at patreon.com slash bumblecast ko-fi.com slash bumblecast and our youtube members yep let's go ahead and get started unwrapping these questions starting off this one from allison s would big go on a fishing charter trip or is he happy fishing anywhere both he's really easy going if there's fishing involved i think he's game (laughs) No, game is different. Game and, well, game and fish, I guess. <sighs> Here's one from Andrew D. With the second Sonic movie showing us that the seven Chaos Emeralds make up the Master Emerald in its continuity, how do you think a movie adaptation of Sonic Frontiers could happen with its vastly different lore? I feel like this is something that could potentially be really fun despite being vastly different in its lore. Hmm, what would movie Sage look like? I'd have to go back and watch the movie again, but I don't think it was that the emeralds made up the master emerald. It's that they were contained within it. Yeah. And then they were broken out because knuckles puts it back together and he has it at the end of movie two, independent of the chaos emeralds. So I don't think it's that they made it up. I think they were just contained within it at some point and how that happened might've been vague. I, again, it's been a while. There's only so much Sonic lore I can be on top of, and I am not involved with the movies. So, Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> as for a frontiers version it it would be have it have to be completely different like everything about it none of it syncs up with the movie continuity in the slightest um although seeing jim botnick dote on sage would be kind of cute <laughs> yes like just have him sickeningly saccharinely simping over this simulacrum and the being absolutely awful to everybody else sounds about right say hello to your uncle stone look what happens when you punch him in the nuts ah (laughs) isn't that the life Uh, ouch as for sage movie sage i'd imagine they would get like an actual child actress and just like post processor a whole bunch to give that kind of digital look yeah yeah they most likely would not make her a uh animated 3d animated child all right, here's a question from Oz Jam. With so many holiday stories, from a greedy old man learning the spirit of Christmas from three ghosts to a green, small-hearted hermit trying to steal Christmas from an entire town, many of these stories have been retold in other series through their own unique way. So I asked, what Christmas story that has been retold that you have enjoyed either better or at least equal with the original story? Along with that, what franchise would you like to do the same with a Christmas story that you enjoyed? I mean, I guess A Christmas Carol has the most adaptations that I have enjoyed. Uh, a Disney Christmas Carol, I think, is maybe my favorite rendition of it. That's good. The original story is fun in its own right. There's a lot of neat ideas in there. And the Jim Henson, the, the Muppets version, is has a lot of interesting aspects to it, too. I'm trying to think if there's another incarnation that I've seen. I but, mean, the, the Patrick Stewart version of it is very... Uh... Patrick Stewart is just, you know, Patrick Stewarting all over the Patrick Stewart place. So, you know, yeah, yeah. That's what makes it great. But still. (laughs) And the thing is, I don't think I've ever sat down and actually read the original Grinch You Stole Christmas. My experience is primarily the Chuck Jones version, which to me is the quintessential version. I think that pretty much is the, it's pretty much the book. It's very similar. So, but Scrooged is. A classic with Bill Murray. I, I don't do, think I've seen that one. I do like that one. I am a, I'm a fan. And yeah, I mean, Die Hard. <laughs> Let's do Sonic Die Hard. I was surprised that Spirited was pretty good. It's not bad. The recent one with Will Ferrell and uh, 
shoot. <laughs> that other guy who's in everything. Ryan Reynolds. There we go. Yeah. Uh, generic name. I can't remember it. <laughs> I'm a bit of at a loss, though, because I don't really seek out a lot of uh, Christmas media. Or no. It's been a long time since I got into it. Uh, me neither. That's why I'm like, eh. It just happens to be when I catch it or if someone else watches something around me. So, yeah. I just want to, I just want Sonic to say yippee ki yay Mr. Falcon. <laughs> Have Omega come down the elevator. Ho ho ho. Now I am a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Here's one from Batman 69 lol. What if Metal Sonic turned into a real boy? How do you think it would handle his newfound freedom? Additionally, do you reckon Eggman would react to his metallic progeny going off the rails? And no longer following his program commands if he decides not to. We recently touched on this idea and what kind of body horror it would be for metal. The kind of existential crisis. Yeah. So, and we covered that like a few weeks ago. So let's focus on the Eggman aspect. Uh, I think he'd be disappointed. I think he would see it as a testament to how perfect his machine was. Because look how faulty the biological version is. You know, he's not literally falling to pieces. It's more more of an emotional thing, but the original Metal Sonic didn't do that. And now he's got to go build a metal metal. (laughs) Double metal. All the way across the sky? Unless we start calling the fleshy version Meat All Sonic, and then he needs a metal meat hall. No! No! No. Meat All, that's that's kind of cumbersome. Uh, Meatball. You're now Meatball the Hedgehog, and I hate you. (laughs) get out of my sight <laughs> so now I've constructed your perfect bit of doom metal meatball that sounds even weirder I don't know <laughs> I don't like it the flesh hog no please no <sighs> let's move on from this nightmare fuel this one's from DDR Master M through cartoon hijinks and tangles sudden, has suddenly been split into a bunch of different versions of herself representing various aspects of her personality how many you choose what are they, and how do others react to them? Ah, uh, let's see. You'd have her unbridled desire for adventure just kind of bouncing off the walls with zero restraint. Yeah. And it might take folks a little bit of time to realize that's not default Tangle. Like, wait, Tangle actually does sit down occasionally. She does listen to people. What's wrong? What a weirdo. Uh, her kind of insecurities... I guess would manifest in her just kind of wrapping her tail around herself and moving around like cousin it. You're trying to talk to her through oh, no. the various coils of tail dangle. You in there? You okay? You gonna come out and talk? No? Okay. Never. I'll leave a bowl of water out here for you. <laughs> a bowl of water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the heroic side of her would be kind of hard to differentiate between the adventurous side, I guess, but you know, would be a little more focused without the distraction of, ooh, what, what's fun about this? More, you know, duty-driven, which that would be weird. <laughs> Where's the fun? You know, you're, you're kind of lawful good here. That, that's not fun, Tangle. What happened to fun, Tangle? I don't like that. No, thank you. I want to put, come up with more permutations, but she's a fairly succinct character. Yeah, you did a good job. Not, not too complicated. She's just, she's just cool. You know, the the ray gets turned into inverse and she gets merged back together. And it's like, well, what you see is what you get. Lemur loves adventure. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. She truly is just Sonic. Not really. She's a little more than that. Here's one from Dewdrop. I was replaying Sonic Frontiers and streamed the game for a friend of mine. Excited to see their reaction to little to the little Coco following Amy. Said friend was utterly enamored by the little guys, and a bit of a mess after the tragic reveal. I'm still a wee bit guilty about that, so I was wondering if I could humbly ask to soft, easily veto by Sega, canonize the name my friend gave to that particular walking gravestone, Strawbuncle. I, I, I don't really know where they got it from. Who's that Pokemon? It's Strawbuncle. Straw, straw. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Good old like, straw bunkle. It's, it's you and your friend. If you want to play through it, if you want to like edit the code so that it pops up and says straw bunkle instead of cocoa, knock yourself 
No, it's just the one. It's just the one. It's just strawberry Arbuckle. <laughs> or strawberry Carbuncle. <laughs> the Carbuncle ate itself. Truth be told, though, calling him a Strawbuckle doesn't seem wrong. No. <laughs> it's a fitting name. It It is, so. It's like if I, if I had a little rock rolling around making faces at me, I'd probably call it be like, I don't know. Yeah. The Strawbuckle. Strawbuckle? Didn't know they had Strawbuckles out here. I wonder if it's a species <laughs> or... Weird. <laughs> now I imagine like a nature documentary with David Attenborough. And here on the Starfall Islands, we find the indigenous Strawbuckle. <laughs> Though cute and unassuming on the outside, they actually contain quite the tragic backstory. But they have strawberry filling. That's why they're called straw bunkles. Here's one from Excel Hedge. What if Sonic became Enerjack during the return of Enerjack arc, taking the hex instead of Nux? What changes to the status quo would he have done? A restoration of Knothole in the Great Forest? The dissolvement of Eggman, Turbo Tails, Hyper Knuckles, and Super Shadow uniting to stop him? That is a tricky question, because Energy Knuckles was driven by all the baggage the character had at, at that point you know all the heartache all the loss all the lack of control for someone who was groomed to be a protector sonic even with his archie baggage didn't have that he was always a kind of hero who did what was right and then was done you know his aspirations were to protect his friends stop evil and then hang out so it's kind of like the one ring that can't corrupt the hobbits because the hobbits just want to like smoke and chill like oh no <laughs> Bilbo wants a bigger breakfast the horror so uh sonic jack sonic jack sonic jack sure i he might like one hit ko all of eggman's forces and style on him but then he doesn't really have any more aspirations to corrupt he'd dismantle the eggman empire in like a flat minute but then he would be content to let go of the power so maybe he would be a little less playful about it maybe he would be a little vicious in his takedown of the villains but i don't see it as the same problem as energy knuckles who was all about i'm going to fix things and make it right and preside over it Sonajek would just be like, okay, job's done. And just like burps up the evil hex. And Infinity is like, how? Why? No! That wasn't how it was supposed to happen. Get back on that mess, old sir. Would, would, uh, if we were talking about like current game canon Knuckles, what if he took the became Enerjack? Would he do uh, anything? <laughs> He's not the same yeah, character yeah. as. No. But Archie he Knuckles. does have that desire to, you know, stop a problem and take the shortest route to it. Yeah. So I could still see him being a little fixated on preemptively protecting the island and in, you know, a brutal fashion without thinking through the consequences where everyone has to stop it, step in and say, Nox, buddy, you look badass, but this is a bit much. And he's like, nope, not listening to you guys. And then conflict. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's certainly something that he would be... He'd probably still react similarly, but maybe not quite as bad. <laughs> there would be a nuance difference, sure. Yeah. But I feel like it would kind of follow the same trajectory. Because by that point, I was trying to move the characters more towards their game personas anyway. Right. So not at that point, it was kind of like game-ish Knuckles with the baggage. That mm mindset, but informed by the comic material yes i mean knuckles has a lot of uh baggage though <laughs> a lot of baggage in particular in archie sonic so oh well here's a question from hearts 13 a what if scenario about an alternate universe animated short hypothetically made by sega that adapts the running wild storyline from the 1990s fleetway sonic the comic series how well does it play out, especially when the Sonic Frontier song Breakthrough It All plays during Psycho Supersonic's attack on the Freedom Fighters caravan? It's been a long time since I read Sonic the Comic, so I had to look up a summation on this one, and 
it seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. You know, supersonic starts causing mayhem and they managed to split him apart with, I think it's a star post. So if anything, I'd say just make it a faithful animated ad- adaptation. Do like, it. Like it might have to be adjusted slightly for, you know, the action beats and for it to work better as an animated story than one that's done sequentially. But I mean, a large part comics are basically storyboards. The, you can translate a lot of one to the other. So just do that. I'm down. Let's do it. All right. Here's one from hero squad. Curious question. How do you pronounce the bear from sky patrol? Is it bear anger or bear ranger? Which is the correct one? Oh, I can answer this one. It's a pun. It's Behringer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a play on Derringer, which is a firearm, and he rides around on a big old bullet. Aha! Aha! Yes, yes. See, I was thinking the audio equipment manufacturer, you know, Behringer, which doesn't isn't spelled that way, but no. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Behringer. Uh, he's a play on that, and Hockey Wolf is a play on the Hockey Wolf uh, Aeronautics Company, and then Caratia <laughs> is, you know, carrot. Delicious, yummy, yummy carrots. JCR one two one six has a question. Now it's time for the conclusion of my Hedgehog Sons trilogy with Shadow. How would Amy, Blaze, Lanolin, Jewel, Tangle, Whisper, Rouge, and Surge react to being referred to as Mom? Okay, we ran into a lot of confusion last time. Yeah. The scenario here is Shadow calling each of them mother. No. Right? No, no. the scenario is <laughs> Shadow's son with each of them comes back in time. And, okay. And calls them calls them mom, refers to them as mom. Shadow's future son okay. with them. Okay, so Silver. Uh, I just said that to freak you people don't, out. Calm down. Don't do that, Ian. Don't. <laughs> Ian, please. No. Please, Ian. No. Do not do this. No. <laughs> no. No. I reject. A little bit. Reject. <laughs> I do not approve. Because I know what will happen. I know what happens when you do. You can't have any. You're not allowed to have any fun, Ian. Stop. No fun allowed. I will not allow it. All right. So, Shadow's future child comes back and says, "Mom," to Amy, who is again just like, "Look, the sun was in my eyes. I couldn't tell who it was." All right. Just, <laughs> people make mistakes. Blaze is kind of dumbfounded. Really? The lights were off. <laughs> I come to think of it, have they actually met? Shadow and Blaze met? I don't know. <laughs> there might be like one technical time, but... There has to have to... been, I don't know, Team Sonic Racing, maybe? Yeah, I guess. Good IDW? <laughs> uh, I mean, have they ever met and talked in the comics? I mean, are the Olympics canon? <laughs> they are not, but... Uh, treasure team tango well that's archie that doesn't count we're talking current canon lanolin's like did he at least teach you proper firearm safety yeah okay good (laughs) good jewel's a little flustered like really me him when why tango would just laugh (laughs) just laugh (laughs) just kind of shrug and go all right I don't get it, but all right. <laughs> I wasn't there for it. <laughs> <laughs> Whisper would remain judiciously silent, as she does. Uh-huh. Rouge is like, oh, I did commit. Huh, all right. <laughs> I guess it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess Serge is like, okay, did your dad teach you where to properly kick Sonic? No? All right, we're having a mother-son day out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah i'll show you how to do it on kit <laughs> no i'll show probably, you probably but no I, I mean you see i'm not wrong i don't want to be right but i'm i am <laughs> <laughs> uh good old uncle drippy all right <laughs> on that note here's one from john I'm surprised that Bunny never showed up in Mobius 25 or 30 years later, but her kids did. 
Was she cut? Was there ever a design plan for her? I know you didn't write 25 years later, but I wasn't sure if there was any rough draft of her from that time that you would know of or any consideration of putting her into 30 years later. I wasn't privy to any previous scripts or plans or documentation. Anything I know that was pre-planned was you know, published online publicly way after the fact. Yeah. Uh, as for 30 years later, the issue is that it wasn't that she was cut. It's just, there wasn't room. You know, the, the focus on a future story is to tell the future. You know, we, we know the other characters, let's see something new and different and go in a new direction. I think we generally had the idea that she and Antoine lived happily ever after that they had kind of retired and they were living the good life and, it's their kids that pick up the adventuring bug and go off and do cool things that they're well-adjusted seasoned heroes because their parents are awesome. <laughs> it's true though. It's very true. And our last question before we take a break is from Malia. It's a beautiful day and Sonic is going for a casual stroll in the beautiful countryside. However, tragedy strikes. He bumps into a local farmer on the road at mock speed. How does our favorite hero process and or get away with his accidental crime of permanently moving an NPC off screen? Be as silly or serious as you want. It's all in good fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Can't call some tales. Buddy, you got to help me out. I just bumped an NPC out of like the loading zone. I am. I think that counts as killing someone. What do I do? Tails is like, it's fine. It's fine. Just open up your map. Quick warp to this new location. Then quick jump back. He'll reload. It'll be fine. <laughs> Thanks, Tails. Ah, uh, yes. Good Tails. Always. Tails, I worked back. He's still not there. I, I think I like permanently deleted him or something. Tails, no, no, no. It's probably just error in the code. It's fine. Just wait for them to reset the game, and then I'll be back. Wait, this is a game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Sega. <laughs> oh, good. The farmer's back. Cool. Wait, didn't I have 50 rings? Dang it. No. Oh, you got reset. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we lost 50 rings, but we have not lost our break. So we're going to take a quick one right here. Come back with more on the Bumblecast. Before we get back into it, it's time for our special giveaway question. If you are following us on Twitter, Blue Sky Tumblr, uh kyle where else facebook facebook instagram yeah instagram yeah. there we go uh we cycle through and hold a raffle so that you can get your own priority question free of charge this time our priority question giveaway comes from tumblr and that person on tumblr is eeps <laughs> and eeps has a question that is at the beginning of Frontiers, I'm assuming Sage didn't have a concrete appearance or pronouns before gaming the humanoid little girl form because of cyberspace shenanigans. Would you would you say that Sage willingly took on a more feminine appearance and demeanor, or at least chose to retain one? Eggman himself wasn't sure of her pronouns before asking her, so I'm just curious. Yeah, Sage crafted her identity. Um, I don't know how much of it was kind of conscious and what was just kind of reflective or reflexive but she kind of came into being and settled with that and identified as that she's so smart it's almost like she was a computer or something here's a question from morless idw issue 67 spoilers ahead idw 67 involves surge and kit infiltrating the restoration on behalf of clutch there's a lot that could be said about the situation but what interests me most is the potential storytelling between surge and amy Shipping and jokes about how Serge stole Sonic's girlfriend aside, I think that Amy actually has just as much potential as a rival for Serge as Sonic does, perhaps even more. Between Serge as being a bad person who does bad things and her self-destructiveness, I think there's potential in her to be a character who could be have a satisfying redemption arc, and I think Amy's kindness and empathy, as well as her determination, she would be an excellent foil for Serge in that respect. What are your personal thoughts on this, Ian? In general, yeah, I agree. Uh, I personally don't want to see Surge get a redemption arc anytime soon. I like that we have a female villain in the mix. I mean, yeah, there's Wave, but she's not really a villain. She's more no. of a jerk. I mean, so Surge, but... <laughs> yeah, but Surge has got more kick to her. You know, she's like a threat. Wave is an inconvenience. 
So <laughs> I mean, you could change that. You're writing this. You can bring Sage in. Like, what, what are you doing? Well, that's that's more that's a bigger issue with more moving parts. But point is, I like Surge as a villain. Yes, know? it's. I feel like if we if she gets a redemption arc, then she's yet another uh, reformed villain. You know, she's another shadow. She's another knuckles. It, it kind of removes some of the intensity to the character. Yeah. But I'm not writing the main book now. That's all Evan Stanley. So we'll see where she takes her and the whole thing for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Don't fix surge, make wave worse. no i don't think that's not saying wave needs to become like a major villain no no she works really well in her dynamic with the babylon rogues i'm just saying it's she is not a big mover and shaker she doesn't show up in the story and you go oh crap it's wave we're doomed it's ah she's gonna cause trouble surge shows up and you're like oh what's gonna get broken who's gonna get broken no On a scale of bad to worse, how much worse is it going to get? Oh, crap. Here we go again. (laughs) All right. Here's one from Mixiger17. What sort of petty vengeance? This is totally a real thing. Don't worry about bothering Jewel or Lanolin about it. Embarrassing hazing initiation. Could you see Whisper and Tangle convincing Surge and Kit? But since he's the objectively good one, his will be he just basically gets a dessert party for just for him because I say so. She has to go through before she has to join the resistance for whatever the reason we're eventually finding out she and Kit are doing this for. This is a strangely worded question to read out loud. So if you are if you can't follow that, go read it. It makes a little more sense that way. Uh, sentences are broken up by periods. What? Periods are your friends. Yeah, it's a very long question. The point is... What kind of hazing would Tangle and Whisper do to Surge as an initiate to the Diamond Cutters? Yes. Uh, for on Tangle's behalf, I don't think she's going to do anything like nasty. Like at worst, it's going to be some very simple pranks. You know, pie to the face, show up at the wrong place, and just wait around type of thing. Sticking her Harmless hand, stuff. sticking her hand in warm water while she's sleeping. Which makes her shock herself because she's electric. (laughs) But, you know, Serge isn't thinking about that. (laughs) Harmless stuff. You know, goofy things and more of a, you know, haha, okay, we're done, you're in. And Serge would find it extremely frustrating, but she has to play nice. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, good one, Tangle. Hey, you want to see what happens when I tie your tail in a knot at super speed? Oof. Big oof. <laughs> Big Whisper, rude. Whisper's not really into it. Like, maybe the Diamond Cutters of old had some fun, you know, shenanigans, but that was then. And she does not trust Surge in the slightest. There is no fun <laughs> hazing. It's, if you let me get in close, I'm going to make sure you're not a threat. So I'm just going to abstain. Does anybody trust Surge at this at this rate? No. No, I didn't think no. so. You're, saying, you're like, yeah, Whisper doesn't trust Surge at all. I'm like, yeah, nobody does. <laughs> well, it's, I'd hope they're not that. <laughs> not that. Like, most of the cast are trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, we've seen this happen before. Like, yeah. Knuckles came around. Shadow came around. <laughs> yeah. Omega kind of came around. Gemeral came around. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Give them a chance to do better because some people just need that opportunity to fix themselves. Give them enough rope. Sonic is basically giving her enough rope at this point. <laughs> and she will but hang Whisper's, herself. It's only a matter yeah. of time. <laughs> Whisper's like, no, don't even give the rope. Pull the trigger now. Mm-hmm. No, fine. But I'm going to keep my sights on her because when she does trip over that rope, which you know she will, mm-hmm. I'm not going to wait to say I told you so. I'm just going to finish things. <laughs> yes. Give Whisper a little murder as a treat. Tis the season. <laughs> Next question is from Noni. If Serge were to be told about the events of Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, how surprised would she be that Espio, of all people, got the closest to actually killing Sonic? Absolutely mortified. 
you telling me this lizard with a puffy sleeves nearly did what she couldn't <laughs> with a freaking blow dart? She's got 88 gigawatts going through her body, and he did it with a blow dart? She's got to rethink her life. This ain't this ain't right. <laughs> fundamentally wrong with the universe. He's a ninja, though. That don't matter. Congratulations. You're silent but deadly. So is a bowl of beans. <laughs> I don't she know. was perfectly crafted to destroy that jerk, and she couldn't do it. He did it while Sonic <laughs> wasn't even looking on a train. Disgusting. <laughs> well, I mean, the question is, are they mean beans? <laughs> <laughs> That's really the, the important thing. <laughs> oh, man. Poor SBO. You can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Here's one from Nate Ray. If you were requested to give Infinite a redemption arc through the comics, how would you write it? I kind of hesitate to because I I like him as a villain. He is a incredibly flawed individual, which I think is, you know, once you get to that part of him, that I makes mean, him interesting as a villain. Another redeemed villain in Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> if, if we were to redeem infinite i would want it to end with him making the final sacrifice and actually get killed off like they were kind of doing with shadow more or less in sa2 yeah like actually resolve this because then if you have a redeemed infinite you have shadow 2.0 is what you got effectively yeah yeah so i if you're gonna do a redemption arc i think the easiest avenue is to look at where his fixation on being weak comes from why is he so preoccupied with being weak why does he have this nihilistic worldview why does he simply not care about anyone else and delight in other suffering what damaged him to the point that that became his modus operandi and you know address that resolve that he sees the error in his ways and then does something or other to heroically sacrifice himself and just be done with it. Yeah, he watched too many weird YouTube videos as a kid, I think. And uh, the, the algorithm got him. That must be what happened. That's why he's so fixated on being not being weak. Oof. Big oof. Rockamillion is here with a question. Ian, I think we can all agree it's time for Sega to make a 2D animated Sonic TV show or movie. After all the incredible 2D animated shorts we've gotten over the last several years... Sonic Mania Adventures, Sonic Origins, Divergence, Trio of Trouble, Sonic Dream Team, etc. It's insane to me that a 2D Sonic series or film still hasn't been announced. Please let Sega know that this is what we want because I don't think I'm alone in this. A full-length 2D Sonic show or movie developed by Ian Flynn, Evan Stanley, and Tyson Hess would be my dream come true. I would like that. <laughs> um, there are way more people involved and way more moving pieces than I even thought would be involved in such a project for 2d animation, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get that off the ground. It's um, I can't talk about it in depth. Just suffice to say now that I'm more on the inside and I can kind of see how the sausage gets made. It's a miracle that there's any sausage at all. <laughs> so uh, the best thing that you guys can do you were listening at home or wherever you are is, you know, engage with the social media and say that, you know, say how much you love the 2d animations that we did and how you want to see more of it. Cause the more actual metrics they have, they can give that feedback to the people who are making the sausage and say, look, this is the sausage they want made do this. Cause we have numbers showing that there is a demand for it. I can say my bit from my angle. Sure but I don't really have a lot of influence on that necessarily. Yeah. I'd say just do like a 2d animated Sonic show with no gimmick, or at least the gimmick is that there is no gimmick. It's like, it's just a Sonic show. It's like, it's either maybe not necessarily always canon to the games or whatever, but it's like, you know, a direct adaptation ties into things kind of like IDW does. I think that would be awesome. And Styx is also there. <laughs> Here's one from Scurvy Pirate Hog. Knuckles and Shadow take a trip to the Casino Night Zone. As they wake up the next day, they have no memories of what they did, but soon discover they're now both members of the Sonic fan club. 
with Knuckles being president and Shadow being the lesser vice president. And they both have tattoos of Sonic on their arms, as well as matching Sonic t-shirts. How do they react? Well, first, those t-shirts are getting torn to shreds. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Shadow and Knuckles hang over. <laughs> and then Knuckles is like, well, I'll handle this the same way I handled being leader of the resistance. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So that makes Shadow president by default. He's going to have to sit in his room for a while and think on that one. Yeah. Oh. And then he just decides to uh, dissolve the presidency. He's there president. Go. Who's going to stop him? You can't tell him what to do. He's the <laughs> ultimate life form. And he's president. Except he's not anymore. <laughs> Presidential control. <laughs> As for those tattoos, I imagine enough chaos spears directly applied to the point would, you know, get rid of it. Okay. If Knuckles has already made it back to Angel Island, maybe just kind of calls up chaos is like dude just dilute this it may take a while but just like i don't know wash my arm off i can punch with one hand it's fine go for it <laughs> shadow's first act as president is rechristening it into a sonic hate club <laughs> <laughs> this is what you wanted isn't it maria a chance for everyone to hate sonic <laughs> uh that's what everyone needs Here's one from Sonic Mania 2099. Looking back at Eggman's dozen, I gotta ask, what was the inspiration behind Axel's Code of Honor? Stinks we may never get to see him again, unless Sega gets their act together with character suggestions from fans. No, seriously, I can create a paragraph of golden missed opportunities that Sega rejects like kids doing vegetable. Yeah, 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 we know. Yeah, it's true. It's been a while, but I think it was just to give him something interesting that the others don't have. Like a lot of the, a lot of the egg bosses were self-serving in some degree or another. And then it was like kind of a, a litmus of what is it about them that drives that uh, selfishness. And Axel's was, you know, he's loyal to his crew and he can improve their standards by siding with the big bad. Hmm. You know, they his crew worked because they were loyal to each other in a very simple, but uh, efficient sort of way. So that's his worldview. Just extrapolate it to Eggman empire. Yeah. Alrighty. Here's a question from spoiler 1001. How different would silver be if shadow and Omega raised him in the future? <laughs> shadow and Omega. <laughs> <laughs> My two dads, one's a robot and a murder. <laughs> Uh, I imagine he would be more overtly edgy. Like we're talking how he was back in 06 without the innocence necessarily. But I think that purity of heart would still remain. So he would talk a big talk. You know, he's going to burn things down and take out the weak, just like his dads do. But <laughs> deep down, he, he isn't comfortable with it. There is this inner core of i want to be a hero and i want to look after others not necessarily just destroy enemies yeah it would be terrifying though for him to have the powers that he does being more like shadow or omega but then you get to the fun uh crossroads where you know bitter and disillusioned to future shadow and i never gave any cares omega wanting <laughs> to do something borderline villainous and silver finally standing up for himself and saying no. And then they fight. And then it'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. You want your 2D animation? <laughs> yeah, I got your 2D animation <laughs> right. Yeah. Sweet. And now we got a question from Steph Cube. Is it possible that Tangle has some self-esteem issues? I get that impression because it seems like she tries really hard to prove that she's competent and acts like that kid who really wants to hang out with the cool kids like Sonic or Whisper. A little bit. Um, Part of that stemming from... When growing up in Spiral Hill, I wouldn't want to call her a menace, but she did cause trouble What with her, you know, bouncing off walls and swinging off lampposts and not always looking where she's going. Mm -hmm. So there would be a degree of consternation amongst her neighbors. Oh, it's Tangle. There she goes again, causing mischief. Dang but... it, Parker, get me pictures of Lima woman. <laughs> she's a menace. I don't think it's any like deep seated misgivings. It's just like, she knows that sometimes she's a bit of a goof 
And sometimes that causes problems. And she is earnestly sorry about that. But she is confident in who she is and what she can do. And, you know, there's just the occasional bit of embarrassment. Like, oops, did it again. My bad. But otherwise, it's just excitement. You know, it's Sonic, the hero of the planet. He's done all this cool stuff. You have, you know, Whisper. She's got a cool cape and a cool mask and a cool gun full of cool aliens. That's just cool. Like she just, she loves life. She celebrates it all. Amy, she's got a cool big hammer. Tails, he can freaking fly with his butt. That's great. <laughs> she's, you know, when she's kind of the outsider perspective to all these fantastically talented and amazing people. And she gets to hang out with them. How cool is that? And she's also amazingly cool and talented. But she just kind of like doesn't think about that. <laughs> no, because that's who she is. She's, you know, yeah. she doesn't see herself on their level. She just sees herself as herself. But they... she gets to do cool things with these cool people. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Tangle. I'm glad you didn't put her through trauma. Like, well, I mean, a little, but, you know, not like Whisper. <laughs> Here's one from the Aldi Roger. Hey Ian and Kyle, what were your day jobs before you were before you were doing what you're doing now? Is there anything you took away from any previous workplaces that influence how you conduct your careers today? Um I kind of started doing freelance writing. Like that was my first like job job. Right. I've had some part-time jobs over the years. Uh yeah. worked technical things in theater, you know, setting up lights and bandstands and uh running tech worked in tech support at my old high school uh was a fry cook for a little while and if anything what those jobs kind of taught me was that the the politics and the nonsense of high school doesn't go away everyone is like that every job uh, excuse me there was also a uh, business where it was proctoring licensing tests or I just had to make sure people were, you know, following the rules and not cheating. And that was an unpleasant time, not because of the work, but because of the workplace. And it's just uh, what I took away from those is learning how to be judicious in my replies and observant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done a part time, a lot of part time stuff, retail stuff. And yeah, the whole interpersonal drama of high school is never goes away, really. Maybe some places are better than others about it, but it's definitely a, it's a constant, unfortunately. It's just humanity. That's just how we are. <laughs> also did work retail. I forgot about that. I worked briefly at a GameStop. Yeah. And did uh, Black Friday midnight opening. And our store manager brought us breakfast and hot chocolate to get us through the night. And he had everything already figured out. He had like order sheets pre-prepared he had a game plan for how we would manage people would go through the store he was one of the best bosses i've ever had so brian if you happen to be listening to this shout out to you buddy you were one of the best bosses i ever had i sorely miss you <laughs> yeah yeah most of i guess for the majority of my uh work life has been spent in machining machine shops not my favorite thing, but uh, it's my uh, family-owned business. So, but luckily, I'm no longer in that. I'm out. I got out. I escaped, and I can't go back. <laughs> so, and I don't want to go back. <laughs> so, it, the work is kind of neat for a little bit, but it's very. Uh, after a while, it's just like yeah, it is draining at best. Physically, mentally. Yeah, I much prefer what we're doing here now. This is nice. <laughs> True Cosmic Digi has a question. Ian, if Sega makes a Sonic RPG like the Tales series and Genshin, what kind of weapon do you like to make the gang along with the Smith system? Um, I feel like it's not... I mean, I guess you could conflate the two, even at its, even at its, its simplest. <laughs> I feel like Tales games are a little more technical, but I wouldn't want to necessarily give them weaponry. No, that you don't need that. Yeah, Amy, she comes prepackaged with a hammer, but I would make it more about 
the move sets like fall back on the old speed power fly skill maybe you know however you want to distinguish it and focus on the individual abilities mm-hmm. and and make equipment kind of a, a background element not so much a present element because it's like mario rpg where you don't need necessarily weapons outright yeah they just had like move sets and stuff yeah 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 like, yeah more like that because you know sonic isn't really about weaponry for the most part mm-hmm. with the exception of a few characters but you know right the sonic yeah, and... sonic's weapons are his fists and his and his spines i suppose but <laughs> i mean especially in, like if we're going to draw the genshin impact parallel like they're starting to get a little fuzzy on you know what the weapon <laughs> types are I mean, technically, Heiza is a catalyst, but he punches people. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Catalysts are all supposed to be like magic users, and it's like, I cast Fist. So he's a monk. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. Works for me. <laughs> uh, monks are so fun. All right. Here's a question from Twilord. Tails discovers that ever since Rouge recovered him, Shadow has been sleepwalking. SA2 Shadow could wake up at any time. How does everyone, Shadow and Herald included, take the news? Confusion? <laughs> anger? Because that's a very lucid, sleepy Shadow. Yeah, apparently. Or maybe that's why he's always just standing around with his arms crossed and his eyes closed. He's not being stoic. He's just kind of coasting on that circadian rhythm. I mean, at that point, sleepy Shadow's been around so long, he is his own persona. Now we're getting into a whole question of existential existence. If he wakes up, will he come back? Should Shadow fall back asleep? Do they want that? Maybe he's like, maybe he micro-sleeps. Like Batman? (laughs) I don't know. Let's ask Carol directly. What do you think, buddy? Yeah. Well said. (laughs) He knows what he's, he knows what he's saying. I don't know what he was saying, but he knows what he's saying. (laughs) What was that? It was Harold. <laughs> Sorry, they missed that, buddy. Can you say that again? <laughs> People are freaking out. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> People are like, who's Harold? That's oh, Harold. He's cool. He's fine. Don't worry about him. <laughs> He's he shadows adopted black arms child. Yes. Clearly, obviously. Obviously, yes. Yes. Twilight is really, really trying to keep Harold alive. <laughs> All right, we got one last question. It's from Zero One. In 1992, the Sega Falcon team planned to make a remake of the game Popful Mail for the console Mega CD called Sister Sonic. They replaced the cast of the original game with Sonic characters. This game was canceled and nothing is known about how much of the development was accomplished. Could you please tell me any information about that project? I'm interested in who was part of that project and if at any time there was a functional prototype. There was a new article on this not too long ago. And I couldn't find it, which bugs the crap out of me because it corrected a lot of the mis- give- misunderstandings that we had had for years. Yeah. But I think the main takeaway was there is nothing. Like, it was just a concept. And the backlash over losing the original Popful Mail kicked in before they even got anywhere. Yeah. And they just went on and just made, remade Popful Mail. Like, if there is any concept art it has probably been lost to time but i don't think they even got as far as coding like i think it was purely conceptual and then the feedback was no do popful mail faithfully and they're like okay we'll do that and they did it yeah uh, apparently did you know gaming covered it there we go so it was I mean, a video that's why i couldn't find the article so Aha, lost lost sonic games yeah yeah well i'm not gonna watch the video and then come back to this but you know it Basically, from my understanding, there is no lost media to be found. There's nothing to reference. It's like it was just an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There is also apparently an article talking about it uh, with some info on it on uh, Sonic Stadium. So they're talking about that. uh, That did, you know, gaming video specifically. All right. And that's it. That's all we got for this Christmas edition of the Bumblecast. Thank you so much for listening, especially on this happy holiday. Thank you to everyone who supports the show by being patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and being our YouTube members. Subscribers? I am blanking on the term right now. Subscribers don't pay us, Ian. 
Uh, and you know what? I haven't even hit the eggnog yet. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. We will see you Saturday for the last live stream of the year and the next time on the Bumblecast. Yes, indeed. Also, subscribers do pay us just indirectly. <laughs> but members, they're the YouTube folks who pay us. Thank you to our members. Thank you to our subscribers, too. If you subscribe, that's cool. You are awesome. It's even better if you watch and comment on the videos. Well, I've been walking about 3K whenever I go to the store or whatever. Mm -hmm. This time I kind of went over 10. So I got home and I was like, I'm going to take a nap because I was tired. Yeah. But otherwise held up pretty well. Okay. That's cool. (laughs) I was waiting for the punchline. I thought something was going to ha- I thought something happened. <laughs> the punchline is, oh, I'm just going to go out for a walk and see how I feel. And I go three times the normal distance. Oh, okay. That's fine. I have no frame of reference of what that is. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sitting here like, so what happened? Well, like, first I went up, like, the main road that our apartment building's on, because it was minus two today, Mm -hmm. and I figured walking down by the water might be a wee bit nippy, so. (laughs) Negative two, in general, is probably. Now, to be fair, it did say it felt more like negative eight, so. All right. (laughs) I figured I'd walk towards the neighborhoods, you know, where there's less open water. Is this Celsius or Fahrenheit? I'm assuming Celsius, because you Celsius. do everything by Celsius now. Because anyway, nah, just leave it. I'll get it later. <laughs> For frame of reference, it is currently 24 degrees Celsius right now where I am, which is 76. <laughs> That's comfy. That's fine. Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exceptionally awesome warm for this time of year. Negative uh, 14 is where they sync up. Negative 40 is where they sync up. Celsius. I thought it was 14. No, it's 40. It's 40. Well, at that point, who cares? I know. At that point, negative 40. It's freaking... It doesn't matter. Have you ever been in negative 40? Does it get to negative 40 there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, one New Year's, we were out, and with windchill, it was like negative 20-something. Yeah, I was going to say, negative 40 is exceptionally cold. Negative 20 ain't nothing to sneeze No, I know, but negative 40 is very exceptional. Anyway, I am, like, completely derailing you. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. No, it's fine. It's, you know, I walked (laughs) up the road for a bit until I got to the neighborhoods, and it stopped being a grid and started being more of a nest. So it was like, you know what? (laughs) Never mind. I'm going to double back this way. I know there's a major uh, roadway a little further north-ish. That's a good point to walk towards, because then I know that's a good place to stop, turn around, and come back. So I did that. Well, as I'm getting there, I'm like, I'm starting to feel tired. That's a good sign to, that's a good time to listen to the body and turn around. Yeah. And I saw the edge of the cemetery that's right on that major road. I'm like, oh, well, that means I'm already there. Basically, I might as well see it through to the end. I didn't realize how big that cemetery was. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I walked probably about a full city block, finally got to that road. It's like, okay, I did it. Now I can go home. Come home. And then it's like, okay, go into Google Maps. Where did I go? How far did I go? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. No wonder you're so sleepy. Did you figure out what your phone was blowing up for? Oh, no, it was actually the laundry, and I couldn't hear it properly with the headphones in. Oh, so it sounded so, like your phone? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm like, why is the phone? I'm like, it wasn't. Because the new washer and dryer, the old ones, they'd beep a few times to let you know they're done, and then they'd shut and up. And then they shut up, and this one just keeps going? This one will not stop. Aye. And it's just musical enough that it's not grating, but it's just obnoxious enough that it gets your attention. Yeah. Well, I mean, that means they did it right, I guess. Technically. If they're gonna make it go beep, 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 beep. If they're gonna make it make noise. It's kind of like a microwave. Microwave won't shut up either. It's like, yes, I know. Shut up. (laughs) You've been listening to The Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music 
composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, MP3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org. We'll keep the people entertained with, like, things. Entertainment. Is this entertaining? I mean, they haven't left yet, so I guess so. I don't know why they're still here. Ah, has everybody seen the new Tales tube today? Mmm. No. What is, what's in it? What's in it? Everything. Tails? Is Tails in it? Tails is in it. Sonic is in it. Knuckles what? is in it. Why is... Amy is in it. Rouge is in it. Omega's in it. Shadow's in it. Why? Why? Man is in it. That's a lot. It was a big one. You know what? We got time. Everybody go here. I'm going to find the, I will get the YouTube link. Is Joe in it? Who? Joe, Joe mama, Joe butt. I'll get a link and we can all watch it together. Here. Can I do that? Can I make it do that in here? Can I like do a a, a shit? I can do a screen share, I guess. Yeah. Can you do a, yeah, hold on. Hold on. Let me pull it up here. Let me, let me pull it up here. Let me put all my salacious content away. So you can't see it. <laughs> uh, screen. There we go. That's here. Oh, you shared the link, didn't you? No, I didn't send it. Like, oh, Dove did. Somebody. I knew somebody did. I knew somebody did something. I didn't send the link because you were going to do the broadcast. Yeah, I'm doing it. I know. I just need the. I need the link to open it up to find. It. Oh, I got it. I got it, Ian. Don't worry about me. I got it. Ah, these nice bonk. these nice people help me out. So let's see. Oh, six minutes. Yep. Destroying robots brings me joy. It should bring you joy. It does. It truly does. I thought that came together very well. Did you, how much of that did you write? 80-90%. Okay. I was gonna say it felt like you. You made uh, you made a jewel reference, so Yeah. Can can you get like Jewel and on the show? Can you get like ah, Tangle probably. on the show? Can you get like Whisper on the show? <laughs> Getting uh, Rouge and Shadow and Eggman made all in time was a bit of a trick. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you get me on the it, show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking that. That's from the chat. <laughs> Uh, and if if any more rigs are going to get built, it should probably go towards more mainstay characters. But I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, can you get yourself on the show? We actually talked about that in the group. <laughs> really? Okay. I kind of wonder. If we could do like interviews with Sonic staffers. Yeah. Uh, and not like do rigs, just have like video calls. But we decided that would kind of mean that makes us in the real world canon to Sonic's world. <laughs> okay. And that muddies, that muddies things a little too much. Isn't Tails Tube already dubiously canon, like, in and of itself? It's more canon than the Twitter takeovers. Sure, but there, there's a there's a little fuzziness to it. Yeah, it's, it's I know. Be more, it's meant to be more <laughs> based stricter on canon. Okay. You didn't want to make yourself canon this like I would I mean that would be absolutely hysterical. <laughs> Ian Flynn canon to Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh man. You should have done it. You should have done it. Look, if we're going to have a hairy faced round guy in Sonic, we already have Eggman and he's better at it than I am, so <sighs> Yeah, but it's funnier if you're there. I love Eggman, plus, but it's funnier if you're there. <laughs> plus, you can have Mike Pollock reading you Mary Menagerie of Mammalian Miscreant, Magnillion and Mechanical Miscreants. Just, oh my God. <laughs> True professional, that guy. I don't know how I'm he does it. Make him say this, and it's going to be great. And it was. Yes, yes. <laughs> he was ready. He was there. 
He, it was his time. It was Eggman's time to shine, and everybody left. And the thing is, too, like when we were scripting it, I was thinking a very simple asset, just like him scoot by across the ceiling and then walk into frame. Yeah. Uh, no, Tyson went all out and had like an explosion and had him coming <laughs> through the ceiling and <laughs> snow falling down. Tyson went like above and beyond. That's because it's Tyson, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just normal. And he did most of the script doctoring and uh, hashing out what the finale would be because we ran into a lot of issues with Shadow's inclusion. Gee, you think? Uh. <laughs> you ran into shadow problems with Shadow's inclusion. Yes, also. <laughs> Bear shit in the woods. 